ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Well, hello there. Gus Kattengill with you. It is the Sports Hangover. Got plenty to get into today in case you might not have. It's impossible to not notice. It's cold outside. Going to get colder. Going to be chilly the next couple of days. Um, so pay attention to that. Be ready for it. And more importantly, uh, it's actually going to be cooler if you left this morning. It's going to be colder by the time you pick up the kids here. Couple coming up in a couple of hours or leave work. So just keep that in mind. Hopefully you brought a little something. If not, it's going to be a brisk walk to your vehicle. Anyway, got a lot to get into today. As the Pelicans get back into action, they take on the New York Knicks. 630 <laughs> over on ESPN. New Orleans right here. You'll hear the graph. You'll hear ten, uh, Daniel Salerson. They'll have the call, of course, here on your home for Pelicans basketball. So we'll definitely talk about that. Your thoughts on it. Thankfully, maybe it's because, you know, the NFL playoffs are going on. I haven't really, really seen anything, you know, about who in the city and all of that. You know, I so good. I guess we'll speak to Christian Clark coming up at two fifteen. Though he uh, had an interesting little piece yesterday uh, discussing uh, Zion's personal trainer, strength and conditioning coach at LSU, hired and fired, lasting less than two months before the season started. You cool with that? Does it matter to you? I, here's my thing: um, just get back on the court. I, I honestly don't care how, who, why. I, I honestly don't care. I, I don't. It's just at that point. I find it odd that somebody, per his article, is not employed by the Pelicans, is, you know, heading up his rehab as far as you can get in the northwest part of the country. Again, that's a different story for a different time. You know how I feel about that. But, look, he worked for the Jazz for five years. Donovan Mitchell's quoted as saying he likes him. Again, I don't care. Honestly, to this point. Whatever it takes to get him on the courts, I think, after the All-Star break. Whatever it takes. Whoever that is, I don't, you want to bring back the ghost of Mr. Miyagi? I don't care. Till then, talk about the team that currently is playing. and want to end a two-game Losing skid here on the road. Some tough games. Nets, eh. Celtics, good first half. Didn't play well in the second half. Let's see what they do tonight as they take on the Knicks at 6.30. As I mentioned, New York a four-point favorite. They're 22-23. and 23. Pelicans 16-28. and 28. They're 6-17 and 17 away. So we'll hear from Christian Clark about that coming up and some thoughts as to um, what he thinks. Uh, not only about that, but everything else. Also in that hour, Jeff Podlock, Podlock, uh, covers the Chiefs for Sports Magazine. We're going to talk to him about Kansas City. That matchup coming up with Buffalo in hour number two at 145. David Alexander recovers the LA Rams. His thoughts on their matchup in Tampa against the Bucks. Rick Moore, the 49ers. I'll ask him if he, it's like Grant Cohen and others 
Do they hate Jimmy Garoppolo and don't trust Kyle Shanahan? He's coming up at 1.30. We'll talk about that matchup as the 49ers take on the Packers in the other NFC showdown there. At 12.30, we'll talk to Ross Jackson as we have obviously started to turn our attention to the upcoming offseason for the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, still got this season, the postseason to go and all that. I understand all that. But I do think it's going to be interesting to sort of see uh, some of the moves, do, do you start? It's something that I asked Jordan yesterday, and I think it, it is a deeper question, so I'm going to ask Ross this here. Not, not that Jordan couldn't get deep. What I'm saying is I want to explore it further. What is the very first question you have to ask yourself when you go into this offseason if you're Sean in the brain trust? Now, understand what I'm trying to say. Like, what what is... The first thing that will then lead to you drawing arrows and in doing essentially a flow chart, right? Like, this is the thing. So to get that thing, what would need to happen and how you need to get it to be your thing? I think it's quarterback, right? Like, you, you kind of have to start there, don't you? But remember what I posted Jordan yesterday, or is it? Teron Armstead, the tackle. Like, it depends, right? Hear me out. If, if you're of the mindset of our line is the thing that we're going to build around on the offense and then whoever is the quarterback is going to benefit from the line. Well, then what do you do with Teron Armstead? Pro football focus, Jordan brought it up last week. Have him, has him as the second Highest free agent at the O-line position available. That means somebody is going to offer him a big contract. That means for him to be back with the Saints, it's going to be a big contract. Are you, is that what you want to do? We've talked about this before. Now last Ross. I mean, it, it, it is. It, it just, it, it's not, I'm not saying it's not fair. It's nothing about the player. It's a great guy. Amy Just, who comes on on Tuesdays. You know, she loves the guy. I mean, everybody that covers him is a great guy. The problem is, every time you mention his name, it's either prefaced or after it, it's when healthy. Right? I mean, it just, it just is. Like Jordan, the intern, that name is attached to him. At least for me forever. That's what it is. Even though it's his last semester and he'll be graduating. You get my point, though. Like Teron Armstead is... Well, when healthy, he absolutely is still one of the top left tackles. I mean, and I think the last game he played, right? But was that the block that freed Taysom Hill for the touchdown? Destroyed his guy on the side. I mean, he he's incredible when healthy. And the only reason I'm saying is that is that the first question you're asking yourself? Because I'm going to be honest, the offensive line, is it as strong as you thought? I think the offensive line is right there, neck and neck. Tell me if I'm wrong or not, with who your quarterback is. Because what I'm saying is you can get whoever you want, Rodgers, Wilson, but if your line is not maybe what you thought it would be, will it matter? Now, obviously, the better the quarterback, the better he's going to be able to handle a porous line. One of the reasons Tom Brady won the Super Bowl last year and did really well this year and is in contention for MVP, Tristan Wirfs. He became an all-pro tackle. He was a rookie last year. They built that line for him. So that's what I'm saying. Because I look at this line, 
Andres Pete missed it this year. Many call him the matador. It's a back and forth battle. Some media members say he's not as bad as you think, but again, it's sort of like the Lanza Ball thing with the Pels. When you when you constantly have to sell me a player, or you have to tell me, you know, he's not as bad as you think. That that's a narrative, right? That's a narrative. If the player was solid, if the player played well, then then you wouldn't always say, well, it's not as bad as you think, right? Um, I think the Saints like Eric McCoy, and I, I think he's comparable, right? I mean, so I, I'm not really concerned about there. Ruiz did not have a good year this year. Now, again, fair or not fair, and I think maybe it was a tough season for him, right? Snap into the season, first drive, you lose your center, You've been training all offseason to be guard, even though you were drafted to be center. That still is strange to me, right? That that whole thing is still strange to me. I know they've tried to shape the narrative. Of, oh, no, we always like, no, no, no. You told us you drafted Ruiz to then play center the following year. So did you care for how McCoy played center? But then he played well. So it's just odd. But I think it'd be safe to say entering camp and OTAs next year, you will say, Ruiz is looking for a bounce back year. I, I think that's a safe or a fair statement to make. And this was the first season, really, that Ryan Ramchick suffered injuries that kept him out of games. I mean, he's played games in the past, you know, with braces on his shoulder, elbow, knees. You talk about when he missed as many games. I, I'm not concerned about that. But, again, your tackles are key. And I just wonder if... The question of who is my tackle is just as important as who is my quarterback. And the more I think about it, the more I look at it, because quite honestly, I'm getting really, really comfortable with making sure that Jameis Winston doesn't listen to any other offers. That's the more I think about it. And again, here's the difference from, you know, when he got here, is he coming back this past season and all that other stuff? Because he's a free agent. He can choose. He has to one to be here, and I do think him going to Atlanta is telling. I do think that most rehab videos that have been posted, he's wearing Saints gear. I, I think that's telling. Maybe it's just me. It's the more I think about it. Because I do think, as we'll talk to Jeff Duncan next segment about the possibility of, you know, Sean Payton and Dallas and all this stuff. I mean, Jeff's wrote several books on the Brain Trust the coach, the quarterback, figured who better to talk to about it. But I look at it as a, a, a thing like this, right? When you look at that relationship around the league, successful quarterbacks have a good relationship with their offensive coordinator or their head coach, okay? Whether it's respectful, whether it's emotional, partnership, what have you. You look at quarterbacks, because I was thinking, I was just, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things. Don't don't judge me now. I'll throw it Ross here as well. I made a comment to myself. Um, or like what you would say if you're just, you know, at a bar, just whatever, you know. Okay, so if it's not James and other guys, like what other quarterbacks? Like who else would you sort of be? And one of the names that popped up was Jared Goff. But hold on, before you call and go, you're an idiot. I'm not saying Goff to the Saints. I'm just saying that guy beat Drew Brees in the NFC Championship game. That guy played a very good year. Um in that game where the noise didn't bother him. 
made the right calls. It was the right game plan. He can throw it deep. He was the short and intermediate game. I thought he played an excellent game. He had a good year that year. I think that relationship with McVeigh and the deterioration of it for whatever reason affected his confidence. And look, look at what happened in Miami. I mean, if you want to believe the reports or not, and what Roy constantly texts me, I can't ever imagine a head coach, reportedly, doing what Flores did to Tua in the sidelines. You got to be better. I should have drafted Mac Jones, several reports say. You imagine that. Guy definitely wasn't on board with him. I get it. You can't win that way. I, 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 I've told you this. I was always surprised that the Rams were so quick to just move on from Jerry Goff. I mean, it wasn't terrible in L.A. So is it the game plan? Is it the coaching? you got to have that, that relationship. And the only reason I'm... I'm not even rambling. I'm just telling you why. And this is why I'm going to go with, with Ross and even Jeff here a bit. Remember when Jameis got hurt? Peyton was asked after a game, what did it feel like to go in the locker room and, and actually see him? And he said he cried. He didn't say he got emotional. He said he teared. Like, I, I'm trying to think in 16 years how many times Sean Payton has said something like that. Honestly, I, I I think one of the few times that I got like that watching a, a player, I was on the sidelines working for the Saints radio network when, when Deuce blew his knees. You knew it. That was it. That was tough. Watching him on the bench, that was tough. I love Deuce McAllister. That dude gave everything. And you saw it. You knew it. That, that was tough. Like you felt it in the locker room. The emotion. The heaviness. But I bring that up because there was a connection there. Like, you don't get emotional. You don't tear. You don't feel that way about someone if you don't have a connection. I'm not saying that that connection would keep Sean Payton from bringing in Tom Brady if Tom Brady picked up the phone. But is that really what? I, I don't know. I'm just telling you, we all joked almost in the offseason that it almost felt like Sean was going to come heck or high water. Taysom, please win the job. He wanted that. But it's not a bad thing. Because I think he he honestly was okay with either quarterback and was comfortable enough to provide enough feedback and also support to both. Like, there's no doubt he wanted Taysom Hill to win or, or to, to be a good quarterback and try. He gave him up every opportunity. But I think he also felt that same way about Jameis. And that that's a special coach. And that, again, it's just one of those things that I look at throughout the league. You look at teams that struggle. You look at young QBs. You look at all these different aspects of it. And I would not be shocked and surprised if that's how the Saints are thinking. We're bringing back Jameis. We have faith in you. You have faith in us. Let's make this go. And let's go you know, reshape this roster a little bit, kind of make it deeper, maybe retool here and there. And I don't think they're that far off. That's just me. But anyway, Jeff Duncan next, Ross Jackson, bottom of the hour, Rick Moore on the 49ers. Coming up in hour number two, David Alexander on the Rams. And in hour number three, Christian Clark on the Pels, taking on the Knicks tonight, Jeff Pilock on the Chiefs. Quickly, guess what? 
It is time to go download the DraftKings Sportsbook. Put in the code LaRose, $100 in free bets. It's waiting for you, just like that. So go do it. No deposit is required. Google Play, the App Store, that's where you go and make it happen. Jeff Duncan, next on the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Things ain't been quite the same. I gotta get back to Dallas. Hey, hey, my friends. It's Dana DeFran Freelu here. Just wanted to reach out to you that our Golden Motors are here and ready to help you take care of you and your family's vehicle needs. We have new inventory arriving daily. Check us out 24-7 at goldenmotors.com. Give us a call at 985-325-1000 or stop by and let myself or one of our awesome team members take care of you and get one less worry off your shoulders. Always remember, price is priority. The cleanup continues from the recent storms, and we want you to know that nobody can get a metal roof or metal building to you faster than Reed's Metals in Brookhaven. For all your metal building components, Reed's Metals has it all in stock. Roll-up doors, insulation, skylights, purlins, and more. Our metal building frames are American-made steel, all put together by certified welders. Metal buildings and everything you need with quick delivery, too. When you call Reed's Metals in Brookhaven, 601-823-6516 or online at reedsmetals.com. On August 29, 2021, Hurricane Ida wreaked havoc on our community, leaving thousands of people feeling helpless, vulnerable, and desperate. We refuse to let insurance companies do the same. At AMO Trial Lawyers, we have assembled a team of not only attorneys, but also contractors, adjusters, engineers, and estimators with the focus of maximizing your claim value and assisting in your recovery. If you think your insurance company isn't treating you fairly, get a name that insurance companies know by calling 985 446 3333. I'm Matt Ori. And I'm David Ardwin. And we are the AMO Advantage. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets makes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. It's 106 miles to Chicago. we got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. You've been a head coach in a high-profile situation for a long time. Do you, do you ever get used to speculation about your job security? How do you deal with that? I think, you know, internally, and, and I think for people in this profession, they, you know, it's accepted. You know, it's part of the job. You know, I, I get that. I understand why you're asking the question. It's part of the job. You, I mean, you have a job to do, and I have a job to do here today and answer your questions appropriately and respectfully but yeah I, I don't put a lot into it because i know what i personally put into this you know I, I understand what goes on here every day um i know how to win i know how to win in this league i know how to win playoff games i know how to win a championship so i have great confidence in that uh what we've built uh here in two seasons um i feel very good about um and i think with that uh you just you stay true to that you know the hard part's the personal so we all have kids you know, so that that's the part that I don't like. You know, so um, and I just hope people were respectful to that. That is Mike McCarthy, head coach of your Dallas Cowboys. If you believe some reports for now, 
Mr. Jeff Duncan covers your New Orleans Saints columnist for the Picayune and the Advocates. Also, you can see him as an analyst throughout the season on Fox 8. Jeff, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Gus, I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I played that, buddy, for a reason. Um, I, I Do you think Sean Payne would like that situation where your owner is giving post-game pressers, calling your quarterback in the slump, your job's in peril? I mean, Mike McCarthy has 10 postseason wins. He, his team, I think the Packers went to the postseason seven straight years, may have more wins than Sean. Like, I, man, that's that's a lot. That I don't know if Sean would be in. What do you think when you hear all these reports about Sean in Dallas? Yeah, I don't put any stock on. I mean, when I look at reports, that's a pretty broad word, right? right. Just, I mean, who is reporting it? You know, mm-hmm. who? And and I've yet to see anything credible uh, linking Sean Payton to Dallas. And, and from what I gather, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I haven't seen anything last 24 hours, but. Uh, I thought Dallas has come out and pretty much said they're they're fine with Mike McCarthy right. and expect him to be there next year. I haven't really seen any credible sources reporting that he's on the way out. Uh, I've seen a lot of speculation, but right. uh, I don't put much stock in that. Jeff, obviously, look, when you look at the last two weeks, it's the Giants, the Bears should go after him, and all this other stuff. So, look, I, I, I honestly haven't paid too much um, mind to it other than come on here for five, five minutes and like, here, here's A, B, C, D, why I don't think it would happen maybe now or even later. I don't know. I don't know Sean personally. I don't hang out with him. I don't know where he's at in his life, what he wants to be and whatever. But, Sean, you know, you've written books on that team, the quarterback, the coach, that system, how they go about everything, and that relationship with ownership and management. Jeff, that's important, isn't it, to a head coach? Oh, no doubt, and and so is about uh, fifteen to sixteen million dollars a year that he's making, right? I mean, uh, he's the second highest paid coach in the NFL behind Bill Belichick. He has complete, pretty much complete autonomy in his job here. Uh, so I don't think, put it this way, if Sean Payton were to not be the coach of the Saints next year, I don't think it's going to be because he wants to coach somewhere else. I, I just. If it came down to something like, oh, I just need a break. I've been doing this for 16 years, grinding away. Uh, I could potentially see something like that happening, uh, but that's very remote as well. But I don't see him going to another team. First of all, he's under contract, so another team would have to trade for him, and that would be significant. Mickey Loomis is not going to let the greatest coach in Saints history leave without compensation. So there's just a, it makes no sense. None of the speculation makes right. any sense to me about another team uh, and Sean Payton. At Jeff Duncan underscores, where to follow Jeff Duncan columns for the Pick Unity Advocate uh, on Twitter. I'm with you, and that's what I'm saying. Just like, just spend five seconds just kind of thinking about it, especially when one of the reports from Michael Lombardi is, you know, he'll retire. I'm like, man, here's the thing. And, and along the lines of what you just said, you know, does he need a break and stuff? Jeff, I, I think the fact that this fan base and people that cover this team feel that he was a coaching of the year candidate is is telling, right? They got the sense and feel this guy did a lot with everything he had to go to. To your aspect, Jeff, and mine, when we are privy and part of the you know press conferences, the teleconferences and stuff like that, man, that guy not only held his team together, but 
he absolutely didn't sound defeated. Like I tell people, like, look at the body language, listen to the words, eye contact. Urban Meyer, you could see through that. That was not Sean at all. If anything, the guy during the five-game losing streak or whatever, he kept saying how – I think, Jeff, you asked him, Mike asked him, you know, how do you keep your head up? How do you keep, you know, battling for next week? And it was always, here's the plan. This is how we do it. He's, he seemed motivated, Jeff, if anything, to me this season. When you look back at this year, what do you think of the coaching job he did? Well, I think it was certainly uh, one of the best jobs he's ever done. I mean, they had a lot of adversity. It's all been documented. Uh, and it started right away. If you remember, Gus, I mean, the first press conference of training camp was when we found out about Mike Thomas and that he was not going to be available during camp and, and for most of the early part of the season. And it just seemed like there was one thing after the other after that. And and to be honest, I think they were kind of due one of those years. I mean, they'd had injuries in the past, but they've not had a lot of significant season-ending type injuries like we saw with Mike Thomas. And, and I, I feel like those things are just inevitable in this league. And it was kind of the Saints' year to have to go through it. Uh, what with the hurricane, uh, you know, forcing them to be relocated. There was just a lot of things. And they needed a, everything almost to go right this year, right? I mean, they're going into the first year without Drew Brees. They right. had to purge a lot of good players off the roster because of the cap. All those things added up. And when they had the injuries, they just didn't have the, the depth uh, to, to withstand it, especially on offense where, where all the injuries really occurred. You know, Jeff, one of the other things that really stood out to me this year as well was I, I thought really his, and I keep saying support because obviously one of the bigger questions is what do you do with quarterback? And I almost wonder if you start at the same time with what do you do at left tackle um, with Teron Armstead? What, what do you think is a bigger one and maybe 1A? Because I, I, I think they're both as important, but do you think Teron Armstead's decision on him is as important as who your quarterback is? No, I definitely think it's quarterback. I mean, I think this league, I mean, we're looking at it right now, Gus. Look at look at who's left in the playoffs. I mean, they're almost all uh, top-level quarterbacks. I think you can win in this league without an elite quarterback, but I don't think you can win championships. And, and I know that's the business mm-hmm. that Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis are in. Mm-hmm. And, and trying to find somebody at the elite level is just very difficult. This team the Saints have, they're so good on defense and special teams, uh, they can win, as they've proven with Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Uh, they can win, but I don't think they can win a championship. I really don't. And I think they know that, and I think they will try to address that position in the offseason. I just don't know what their options are going to be. I don't think there's going to be a lot of great options because, frankly, everybody in the league wants an elite quarterback. They're hard right. to find. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I'll, be, I'll believe it when I see it on all this speculation about Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, those guys rarely become available. And and it just doesn't happen. I mean, the Drew Brees is making free agency. Usually there's a reason, right? You have a major shoulder injury or something right. like that. Um, so I, I, I don't know what their options are going to be, but I think they're going to explore every one of them at quarterback. And then Armstead's a big, a big signing. There's no doubt. Uh, but it's going to have to be at a certain price because um, his injury situation the last, you know, four years or four or five years, it's just been significant. And I'm not sure uh, what kind of market he's going to command because of that uh, on the open market. Uh, no doubt. It's just, it is what it is. Uh, you normally use the phrase when healthy, when it comes to Teron Armstead. Yeah. 
I, I almost, I don't know if I'm talking myself into it, or I don't know if it's just sort of practical, or Jeff, like many people, I'm the person who lives by the check, so I budget, right? So this is how I look at sports a lot of times. I'm like, you know, it just makes a lot of financial sense, football sense to extent. See if Jameis wants to come back. Because, again, he's a free agent. And, and and seeing him at the end of the season with the team and doing all those things, I think he would be open to that. And I could see you running it back with him, a two-year deal or something of that nature. Um, would, would, I, I think I think Jameis seems like a logical, reasonable dis- choice and, and, and not using a lot of your assets, say, in big trades and stuff. I don't know. What would you do? Yeah, look, I, I think that's certainly an option. And I think Jameis Winston has done just about everything right since he's been here. He, he's certainly got fans in the building. Um, teammates love him. Coaches love him. Uh, so I don't think that the Saints would ever rule that out. I just think they're going to look at everything. And he's coming off a significant injury, too, and that certainly has to be factored into the equation. Uh, and what kind of price is, is he going to command um, – you know, the Saints, we know, have cap issues. They've got other priorities along with along with the Armstead. You've got to consider Marcus Williams, who's going to command a big contract. Uh, you got to eventually look at Marcus Davenport, who's your best pass rusher. Uh, what kind of a deal is he going to want long-term? There's just a lot of different things to consider, and you're already $60, 70000000 over the cap. So when you look at next season – do you get the sense and feeling as well too in your comments or just when you're you're out and about, man, having dinner and stuff? I I feel like Saints fans are still confident despite not really knowing who your starting quarterback is. You you mentioned some of the question marks there as well. I legitimately feel Saints fans feel the Saints will be in the playoffs next year, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah, and I think they have a reason for that optimism. I mean, this team beat the Packers, the Patriots, the Bucks twice with you know, the injuries and the adversity they had to, they had to deal with. And with, I would say, you know, marginal quarterback play. Uh, so if you can fix that quarterback position and just kind of have a, a decent run of luck and, and do well in the draft, I think there's plenty of reasons for this team to be out. I mean, this coaching staff is very good. And it's kind of shocking to me, Gus, that they're not really entertaining very many uh, interviews for uh, Dennis Allen or Ryan Nielsen, some of the top coaches they have on the yeah. staff, surprising to me. Uh, but that's also a good thing for the Saints because this group could come back intact. Yeah, no doubt about it. Follow Jeff Duncan over online at Jeff Duncan underscore on Twitter. Columnist for the Picky Unity Advocate. And of course, you see him on Fox 8 as well as he, as he is an analyst. Appreciate your time, Jeff. Thanks for coming on this Thursday afternoon, bud. Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Have a great weekend coming up. Yeah, for sure. You too. Enjoy the weekend. Some fun playoff games. Going to get into that here in a little bit. Coming up, though, next, Mr. Ross Jackson will delve a little deeper into that roster. When we come back, it's a sports hangover in ESPN New Orleans. I broke a thousand hearts before I met you. I break a thousand more, baby, before I am through. I want to be yours, pretty baby. Yours and yours alone. I'm here to tell you, honey. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. 
When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. A new name, a new era. TGMC is now Terrebonne General Health System. This change reflects our transition to more of an all-around healthcare partner rather than just a healthcare provider. With new facilities, new innovations, and new ways to help you, we've done more than change our name. We've changed our future. To see what's new at Terrebonne General Health System, visit TGHealthSystem.com. Prescription products require completion of an online consultation with an independent healthcare provider and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Additional restrictions apply. See website for more details and safety information. Should Viagra really cost $90 per pill? We don't think so. RexMD has FDA-approved generic Viagra medication of that little blue pill starting at just $2. Why pay huge pharmacy prices when you can get the same results for a fraction of the cost? Give your bank account a break. Just fill out a brief survey, and if appropriate, you'll get a starter pack prescription of industry-leading generic Viagra medication. Just call 800-499-5916. We've helped over 100,000 men with their sex lives and with getting prescription medications direct. Your consultation is free, there's no doctor office visits, and your shipping is always free. Get your starter pack now. Call 800-499-5916. That's 800-499-5916. Again, 800-499-5916. Oh, big talker, ain't you? The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Nothing like... Having a nice Thursday afternoon chat with Mr. Ross Jackson. Locked on Saints. You can follow him on Twitter at Ross Jackson. Nola Ross, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, buddy. Doing just fine, man. Hope you're uh, doing all right. And well, glad to be here with you. For sure, man. Appreciate the time. Um, Let's just get into it. I just asked Jeff Duncan it, <laughs> and I'm going to ask you it as well. Any, any part of you think that Sean Payne could be a coach of another team next year? Uh, no part of me, no, at least as we, you know, sit here and speak on what January 20th, uh, and everything. And so I, I don't really see that reality. Um, I think that for the most part, when it comes down to what you're seeing for, uh, Coach Payton and the, the opportunity that he continues to have in New Orleans, especially right now in a situation to where he has the ability to, um, rebuild effectively this team in his, you know, uh, the way that he specifically wants to <laughs> at this point, you know, with uh, the quarterback situation and everything that he now has the kind of lenience uh, to be able to get done or the opportunity right. to be able to get done here. I think that there's so much trust and so much cachet that he carries in New Orleans that it's hard for me to really see him be able to give that up. I, I agree with you. I, I was bringing it up to Jeff as well. And, and you listened, obviously, throughout the season. Um, he sounded as motivated as anyone. Uh, retirement's the last thing that he remotely sounded like. You look at Urban Meyer's body language and the way he spoke, that was more reasonable than really Sean and and how I saw him coach this year. So, look, here's the thing. He's got some question marks. And I'm looking at it this this morning, and I'm like, where do you start? Like, 
I, I'm sure you're going to say quarterback, but is it also maybe left tackle in terms of Teron Armstead? In terms of, like, do I start, okay, if I, if I need to get my line back to where I want it to be or upgraded or whatever, then I can go quarterback, or do you start with quarterback and then you worry about everybody else? It's it's funny. I I maybe I, I'm taking the path less traveled here, or maybe I'm going against the grain a little bit. But you know, I I almost think starting with the defense becomes what's most important. If you're starting on the offense, and I think starting with retaining okay. players and and maintaining your offensive line is is kind of you know the number one priority outside of finding who that quarterback is going to be. Right. I, I wrote a piece not too long ago about how the Saints kind of first priority this offseason has to be on, you know, the in-house free agents and everything. And, and that's always sort of been their first focus anyway, is maintaining the guys that are already in the building. And so I think, you know, that includes guys like Jameis Winston and Teron Armstead, who are over on the offensive side, who, of course, are really important. But this team really made its name and sort of built its calling card this past season on its defense, right? And I think when you have, you know, a lingering free agent like, <clears throat> excuse me, free agent like Marcus Williams, mm-hmm. who is so pivotal to what you do on the defensive side. He was the safety in the NFL that played over 300 coverage snaps that was targeted the least in terms of snaps per target that allowed the least receptions on average per target that had the highest worst in completion percentage. I mean, those are the things that make a defense uh, turn because of the fact that you're able to keep everything that opposing offenses are doing condensed and in front of you. And that's what Dennis Allen's defense does. And, you know, with the sort of eerie situation that's going on, I would almost describe it in which Dennis Allen is not getting the attention that we expect in these head coaching interviews. If he's going to be able to stick around as a defensive coordinator, then I almost think you try to run it back as much as you can over on the defensive side and then start to focus on building around your offense as well. Makes a lot of sense. Mel Kuyper released his mock draft. I know you've been doing that as well in your um, podcast, Ross. And, he, like Mache, went quarterback at 18. Todd Mache, he released his a little bit ago. Matt Corral was there at 18. And Mel Kuyper talked about Kenny Pickett to the Saints. This is what he had to say yesterday. Kenny Pickett's going to be right there. I think the issue is going to be, we're going to hear it between now and late April, hand size. Is it eight and three quarters, eight and a half, nine and a quarter? Nine's kind of the mark you want to be at. But at the end of the day, wearing the gloves, both hands, no matter what the weather is, Kenny Pickett will be scrutinized. And I have him going slightly ahead of where the Steelers are picking. I was listening to what you were saying about the Steelers and Kenny Pickett, the whole Mark Whipple connection. Mark Whipple, of course, now in Nebraska, but he was the OC and quarterback coach with Kenny there. I've been with the Steelers with Ben. Uh, but I think they would have to move up. I don't think Kenny Pickett right now drops down to where the Steelers are. I'm going to New Orleans. Could have given them to Atlanta at 8 or Washington at 11. Opted to go with Willis. Gave Atlanta Derek Stingley Jr. But uh, I think Pickett is gone by the Steelers' selection. What do you think of the fact that those two uh, gentlemen have gone quarterback with the Saints at 18? Yeah, no, it, it, it's really interesting because I'm of the school of thought that there's not really a legitimate first-round quarterback in this draft at the moment. And I think that because of the quarterback position, things end up getting sort of weighted based upon positional value. And, of course, that ends up throwing things up there. But in terms of the quarterback talent in this draft, I'm not super high on it personally. Now, that's just me. Uh, But I think that there are a lot of folks that look at the Saints and say, okay, well, drafting a quarterback makes sense. And, you know, going out and and doing that in the first round is sort of what the, the routine is, right? Team needs quarterback. 
team drafts quarterback in first round it is usually a thing. It's kind of like the, you know, the expectation of what the normal life is. You graduate high school, you go to college, you get married, you get a house, you move in, you know, you have a baby, all these other things. And so it's just kind of like these things that we just assume are what the steps are for this team. But I, I think personally that if the Saints are going to invest highly in the offensive side in the first round, that addressing the offensive line becomes a part of what their big focus is. Because you have big questions at the future of your offensive line moving forward. What happens with Teron Armstead over the offseason may also heighten those. Filling holes is not what the New Orleans Saints usually do. And I don't know that when you already have a quarterback in the building that the team is focused on developing and that they like a lot in Ian Book, do you really split your resources away from that quarterback by drafting another first-round quarterback and trying to develop two of them? I don't know if the Saints are really going to do that and if that has ever really proven to be beneficial for um, for any NFL team. So I don't, I don't really align with the school of thought that the Saints go quarterback in the draft. Of course, a lot of that depends upon what happens in free agency. Speak with Ross Jackson, and Ross Jackson knows the way to follow on Twitter, Locked on Saints. Ross, I, I'm with you in that aspect that I, I don't know if there's anyone that I'm like, I got to go draft, I got to go move up and be aggressive. I do think the Saints are aggressive. I don't know if they wait to 18. I think they do move up, and that's kind of like where we're going, right? Do you go with mm-hmm. Teron Armstead? If not, I could see them moving up to go get a tackle. Do you see them moving up to go get a receiver? Is there a tackle and is there a receiver that you see in the first round that you're like, hey, you do whatever you do, go get them? Uh, there are, I mean, there's certainly a, a, you know, a couple of really, really good tackles that I like from this draft class that I could see them doing. There's the, uh, the young tackle out of uh, Mississippi State, who I think would be a, a perfect fit for uh, what it is that New Orleans looks to do on the offensive side. He's athletic, he's fast, he, you know, is mobile. He is, you know, one of those guys that could run that zone blocking scheme and be the backside blocker and everything and help out there. So certainly offensive tackle is a space where I could see them doing that. Wide receiver, I don't know that you have to make such uh, any kind of move for. There are so many valuable cornerbacks, trench players, edge rushers, you know, offensive linemen, things like that, and even quarterbacks who, of course, as I mentioned, are going to get a ton of attention um, and everything, even probably more than they necessarily need to, that I think you can stand pat at 18 and still walk away with a highly valued wide receiver. Um, you know, We'll see what happens with Jamison Williams and his draft stock based upon his ACL injury that he suffered in the national championship, but even outside of him, guys like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave out of Ohio State or other first-round talents like Drake London and some of these other guys that are going to be out there, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Like, there are a lot of wide receivers. This is a deep wide receiver class yet again. And so because of that, I don't know that you have to move for a wide receiver unless you're just in love with somebody. But I don't know that that's a position that flies off of the board because of the positional value mm-hmm. that's going to end up overshadowing that spot. Very good point. Ross, if you don't mind, I'd like to close up by looking at the four games we're going to see over the weekend. Get your thoughts on it. Bengals and Titans. I, I am pretty sure most of New Orleans is checking in. The ratings came in. There were more people <laughs> in New Orleans watching the Raiders Bengals game than people in Vegas. That's a fact. That's the ratings out there. Um, I'm all team who day. I'd love to see them see how far they can go. Tennessee's a three and a half point favorite here. What intrigues you about this matchup? Uh, the return of Derrick Henry, of course, being a big part of it. But, you know, I, I think it's interesting to, to see what the expectations are for this game because a lot of people are, are taking, you know, Tennessee as that favorite and expecting 
uh, Cincinnati to clock in at under 20 points, which they've only done four times ever with Joe Burrow at quarterback. So uh, I don't know that that's really the, the, the game that we get. I think this is going to be potentially a, a more high-scoring game than people are anticipating with the you know, Tennessee getting their firepower back in their run game and then Cincinnati having the firepower that they already have. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, I'm going to be, you know, rooting for, you know, uh, Jamar Chase and, uh, and Bill Burrow and, and even former New Orleans Saints like Trey Hendrickson and, and, and Von Bell. To pull off Eli Apple. I mean, dude, yeah, Eli crazy. Apple, of course, of course. <laughs> it's nuts how many Saints players are there. That's a 3.30 kickoff on CBS, 7.15 on Fox. Green Bay six-point favorites at home against the 49ers. It seems like... The narrative all week, Ross, has been, hey, the 49ers is almost like the kryptonite to, to the, to the Packers. I get that. I just, man, the, the people that cover the 49ers don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I mean, if I had to choose, who do I trust? Jimmy G or A-Rod? I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. I, I just, I, I just think the 49ers, while they've won two road games to get to this point, the last two weeks, I, I, it just feels like they also could have lost. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. I'm going Packers. Yeah, I'll tell you what. If, if the Packers get a 17-point lead in the first half on you the way that the Los Angeles Rams did, you're right. not going to have the same situation that happened at SoFi, right? You're, they're mm-hmm. going to hold on to that lead. They're going to do well. I think the thing that works in San Francisco's favor is that they have two things that travel very well, which are their run game, which is something that Green Bay has struggled to defend. Mm-hmm. And then their defense, their defense has played well also, but they had a couple of big injuries that happened in that wild card around. We'll see how all of that ends up shaking out with some key defenders that are either going to be hampered or even could potentially be, you know, injured enough that we barely see them. Uh, so that would certainly be something that I would be watching out for. I expect that Green Bay is going to, you know, be able to move on to the, um, the championship game there, sure. or rather the, uh, the, end, uh, the the conference championship game. But I do think San Francisco has the ability to put up a fight, but is their run game going to be enough to keep up with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay pass defense, especially if um, you know San Francisco's struggling to get to Aaron Rodgers? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can necessarily trust that, so I would expect Green Bay to roll at home. Stock out Sunday here in about a minute. Rams and Bucks. I don't know who to trust with the Rams, with the Bucks line kind of scares me on the injuries i'm still going tampa late what do you feel yeah i i think so as well right i mean they have been a fantastic team all season and they have been able to replace their you know the the skill position players that they've been without so i think tampa comfortably at home over a los angeles rams team that has proven to be a little bit too volatile a little bit too high variance and then 5.30 on CBS, it's Bills and Chiefs. KC a one-and-a-half point. This dropped. I think it was two-and-a-half. So it's point, I think, uh, it's dropped a point here. I feel like the Bills are, are sort of like that team that doesn't forget, you know, and they didn't forget the Patriots thing. I feel they don't forgotten the AFC championship game. I, I think I'm going Buffalo in this. This is my upset this week is Buffalo over Kansas City. I have to I have to roll with Josh Allen, who to me has been the better quarterback more consistently throughout the season than even Patrick Mahomes, who has struggled and turned the ball over and had some issues with the offensive line in Kansas City, all of that. I think Buffalo will look to kind of revenge last year's AFC championship game, the way that they revenged their entire history against the New England Patriots last week. Uh, and I think, you know, I like what Buffalo is doing right now and, I think very quickly the entire AFC is going to have a Josh Allen problem. 
Yeah, no doubt. That is for sure. Ross Jackson can be followed over on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. And of course, Locked On Saints. Appreciate the time you gave us today, sir. Hey, always a pleasure, my brother, my friend. Uh, take care. Stay safe. All right. I'll talk to you soon. For sure. Have a good weekend and enjoy the games. We come back. We'll check in on the intern. First day back in school in his final semester. Let's see how he's doing. It's the sports hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Get ready, Greater New Orleans area. The big one, the Great Southern Gun and Knife Show is coming for two big days only this weekend at the Alario Center in West Wego. Show hours are Saturday 9 until 5, Sunday 10 till 5. Hundreds of dealer tables available. Full of guns, knives, ammunition, holsters, gun, books, camouflage, jewelry and related items. Hunters and collectors, this big show's for you. Buy, sell, trade, or just spend the day browsing. Ladies are especially welcome. Admission is just $10 for adults and $2 for children ages 6 to 11. Sorry, no one under the age of 18 admitted without a parent. Got any guns to sell? Be sure they're unloaded and bring them to the show. Thousands of buyers will be there. Instant background checks available for gun purchases. The big one, the great Southern Gun and Knife Show. Show hours 9 to 5 Saturday, 10 till 5 on Sunday. Come to the Alario Center in West We Go to exercise your right to keep and bear arms. While you're there, be sure to register for the $50 restaurant gift card. See you there at the big one. Sure as shooting. Don't miss it. The new year is here at Greg LeBlanc Toyota, and we're celebrating. Check out the fresh new inventory arriving daily, plus great deals now at Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa. Check out the all-new, redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Greg LeBlanc Toyota has given top dollar for your trade. We want your trade-in. Or check the inventory online online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These super savings won't last long. Greg's got the deals. South Hollywood Road, Homa. Shop now. Delivery trucks rush all over town and sometimes cause king-size accidents. The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced at handling crashes involving delivery trucks. They can help fight for your medical bills, lost wages, and pain and suffering. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the King. If you've been injured in a delivery truck accident, ring the King at 909-KING. Adventure, intrigue, mystery, romance. It's a storm of entertainment that brings down the house. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Well, I see him here via Zoom. He's got his Pelicans hoodie on. Got a ball cap. You look a little chilly, a little cold. Where are you? I was going for the elf on the shelf look. No. No, that's not nearly as creepy. That's for sure. You have the, um, you have the, uh, I, I'm a little cold on the North Shore, you know? It is very cold over here on the it's North gonna Shore. It's going to get colder tonight, buddy, and a lot more cold tomorrow. Just prepping for it. Um, how are you today? Was your first day back, right? Or are you still I, going actually back? Actually, not, not yet. Not, what do you mean, not yet? It is my first day back. Uh huh. But class doesn't officially start till 3.30. Oh. Okay, so today will be your first class back at some point here in the Correct. afternoon. But it takes me like an hour to get over to him. So. Okay, all right, I, I got you. No, that's fine. All right, so um, we're excited for you. Again, we can probably already start planning the graduation party. I personally would like it to be sort of like the NFL draft when you walk the stage. Listeners can join in, and, you know, we'll we'll just boo you, just like they do to commissioner when he comes out on stage. 
I mean, I, I think that would be I'm a very, that. that would be a very sports talk show thing. Don't you think? I mean, I, I think it would make a lot of sense to me. I'm down with it. I, I mean, as long as we get it on video and me doing this to the, to the crowd. <laughs> I, I'm sure that's probably not what Mama and Papa Kleber would like to have photographed, you know, and have their memory of all those years of painstaking sweat and tears to put you to school, to help you get over there. And then here's your moment about to receive your diploma. Boo. Boo. <laughs> and then you double middle fingering the entire crowd. I, I just, I, I don't know if that's what they want. So you just want me to take the heat like Rod. So no, I, just, I, I think they would look, they would look down upon that. Much less me. Gotcha. So, you know, I'm just, we'll see. Anyway, let's talk a couple uh, top stories here going on in and around the world of sports. Some have to do with LSU as well. So where do you want to start? All right, let's start with uh, who we had on yesterday, Ben Baby. Uh-huh. He reported about an hour ago that Bengals defensive end Trey Hendrickson has been cleared from concussion protocols nice. and will play versus Tennessee. Coach Zach Taylor said so. That's a huge, huge um, new story for the Cincinnati Bengals and their defense. That is a big, big play, right? Yes, yes. I mean, I know a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of uh, Saints fans kind of say, "Why didn't the Saints kind of re-sign him this offseason?" Well, it was remember that cap hell. So the defense got picked up where they left off the year before. So um, no huge story there for the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's go. Back to what you were talking about now, Garland Gillen. Mm-hmm. He, I saw he retweeted this from Dean Blevins. Um, and in the tweet, it says, just told it's down to USC and LSU for Caleb Williams. And he's the quarterback for Oklahoma, mm-hmm. the, uh, the Sooners. Um, you were kind of shocked by this one, Gus, huh? I was. And here, I mean, look, first off, Caleb Williams. I, I was, I guess, not surprised that he entered the transfer portal because Lincoln Riley left, right? And remember one of my criticisms, fair or not fair, when Lincoln Riley was brought up, you know, when LSU was looking for a head coach, it was like, the guy couldn't tell the difference between Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams? I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, it's, did you see them play? I mean, it's, Caleb Williams is an athletic freak. I mean, a guy can chunk it can run. I mean, like Oklahoma looked completely different, right? I mean, he saved their season, essentially. So I, I can see it would have made sense for him to follow Lincoln Riley, but I wonder if there's part of that. You know, I wonder if they're like, dude, you didn't think I was the guy to start the season. You know, it was only like when we we're down that big to Texas that you pulled the trigger. Right. Um, so that is interesting. And, and look, we, we have seen firsthand in Baton Rouge, getting a transfer quarterback to come in and making an instant impact and play like that, right, in Joe Burrow. Um, Caleb Williams would absolutely come in, not only start, absolutely help you win games, single-handedly. He's that good. There's no doubt about it. So the fact that I guess that school is being mentioned with USC or it's down to those two makes sense. Um you know what you're going to run with Lincoln Riley. I don't know if he knows what you're going to do at LSU, right? Right. That, that's kind thing. of a thing. And um, so to me, it's a bidding war probably, though, right? I mean, like, where can he get the biggest NIL? 
What is he? I mean, I, I think a lot of factors go into that. But I, and quite honestly, once you start narrowing down, you know, the price starts to go up. I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me wherever he signs, Caleb. You don't see him being the first player with a two million dollar nil or something right. like that. Well, what's kind of shocked me? How do you think Miles Brennan is feeling right now? After That's literally what my friends are texting me right now about that. They're they're sitting there going, you know, this guy decided to come back after joining. Right. I mean, Brian Kelly called, picked up the phone and called called your boy Miles Brennan. Come back. And now, <laughs> what do you do now? Come I mean, back. You're kind of in a, yeah, Caleb, a tough situation. Caleb Williams is not going to LSU to sit. No. So. No. So if, if, did Miles Brennan yeah. kind of just get bamboozled, or does he? Can he? Can he? Dude. go back into the transfer portal? Is it kind I, of set? No, I think it's too late. I think it was January seventeenth or something. There's a deadline that you had to say. Yeah. Um, man, I I don't know that that's that's a sticky situation. That I can't wait if this does turn out to happen. I mean, it could get pretty ugly. But sticking to the transfer portal, um. 24-7 Sports right. put the, out there a couple hours ago, updated 2022 team transfer rankings. And LSU is at the number one spot. I pulled off the article, um, 11 commits and three four, star, uh, four stars, seven three stars with an average of 87.91. So LSU might have lost a few guys, but they also picked up quite a few if they're considered the number one place where – transfers are heading to i think one of the things that's interesting too is i remember matt saying right after that first signing day and look it it didn't have a lot of i guess sizzle with with this the signs and everything and you know coming in february it's going to be another day and and jordan matt said there's like wait for the transfer just you know, wait for the transfer, and and he was that LSU was going to attack the transfer portal very hard and be able to do that. And look, it, it is it is NFL free agency. I mean, there's no other way to look at it, right? It is free agency, so you can look, analyze, and see where your deficiencies are, and you literally can go shopping right now, essentially, right? Go to the transfer portal, see who's available, try to go make a play, and and, and literally change your fortune and everything. So. It's going to be interesting to see if Caleb's in play. How does that affect Miles Brennan? Does LSU fan even care? Just give us a quarterback uh, to make that happen. Look, I, I say this. They, they've they done a really good job in, in the dressing areas, like the offensive line, defensive line, things of that nature. I know Matt was talking this week about cornerback. They really don't have a lot of depth at cornerback right now. So that's an area that they're – you know, you have to shore up a little bit here. So keep an eye on it. We'll, we'll see yeah. what happens. To um, there's some uh, big news coming out of Pat Mahomes' kingdom a few minutes ago. Okay. Ian Rappaport, Chiefs linebacker Willie Gay, was arrested and charged with misdemeanor criminal property damage after breaking a vacuum. I- I'm sorry, what? Linebacker Willie Gay for your Kansas City Chiefs, was arrested and charged with misdemeanor criminal property damage after breaking a vacuum. Broke a vacuum. He broke a vacuum. He was arrested. Yeah. I mean, what are you doing in it? 
Should, should that just end our number one? That puts an end to our number one because, A, are you really calling the police because somebody broke your vacuum? B, that's not probably very smart considering you got a playoff game this weekend. I just... Yeah. What? Okay. Anyway, when we come back, Jordan, guess where the Pelicans are playing? Ooh, some team up north. Yes. Big deal or not a big deal with Christian Clark, bro? I'll ask him when we come back. It's a sports hangover on ESPN New York. Want more from your bank? Open a Cajun Pride checking account.